0: Good morning. It's, uh, it's great to be here and for a number of reasons. <clears throat> it's great to be here and to be able to share with God's people uh, on a Sunday morning and do so freely. It's also great to be in Darwin in the Northern Territory. The last time we were here it was three years ago. Uh, and that's because uh, the reason we haven't been back is about a thing about COVID. But we're here now. There's a third reason, too. Uh, I heard some of you talk about uh, it being cold. <laughs> you should come to Perth. It was freezing last week. And we said to each other, uh, next week in Darwin, tomorrow in Darwin... Uh, and uh, yes, uh, it is really nice. <laughs> if I can have the first slide um, <laughs> to introduce myself, my name is Rudolf. My wife is Henny. Uh, we are from Perth. Uh, that's where we live. That's where we, we minister. Uh, I, I am uh, involved with an uh, we're involved with an organisation called Barnabas Fund. Uh, And I'll explain about that later. And our our area of responsibility is West Australia and the Northern Territory. That's why we are here. The lady in the picture here, her name is Aika. And she is probably... um, The, a a prime example of what it means to be a Christian in a hostile environment. Aika had to choose the moment she became a Christian between her home and her family and her community and her husband on the one hand and her faith on the other hand. And she decided to be faithful to her Lord. Uh, and says we are humbled that Christians so far away uh, are, being, are bringing us much food. Uh, and if I can have the next slide, ACA is the reason why Barnabas Fund exists. Barnabas Fund is an organization, a Christian organization, that brings hope and aid to the persecuted church uh, in the way of financial support, in the way of prayer, raising awareness in the way of food, as we've just seen, uh, and other things. The next slide uh, gives us the biblical mandate that we believe we have. It says, therefore, as we have the opportunity to do good to all people, but especially to those of the family of believers. People like Aka are falling through the cracks when it comes to food, when it comes to uh, 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 hospitality, uh, when it comes to caring. And Barnabas Fund, we fill that void that Christians uh, in hostile environments, in countries where they are not free, in countries where they are in the minority. Uh, And so... Uh, very often, uh, uh, aid in, in a situation like the, the famine at the moment in, uh, around the world. And when aid comes in, Christians are being turned away. And I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, a little later. When I have the next slide, and then click again, and again, and again. <laughs> oh, there's. Okay. The previous slide uh, was a number of areas of uh, projects that Barnabas Fund uh, is involved in. Uh, And uh, I will go into some detail uh, in the next couple of slides. The first one here is Ukraine. And uh, we have been able to, uh, to jump into action because of Ukraine an, uh, a number of months ago. Uh, as you can see here, this is a picture of f- uh, fairly early in the, 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 the war in Ukraine. Christians, like most others in Ukraine, have had to flee, uh, are living uh, in, in hostels or in camps uh, at the moment. Um, in the UK, we've done an, uh, an appeal for, uh, for food, and uh, and warm clothing and blankets and so on uh, not only for refugee centers but also to go into Ukraine and the response was so overwhelming that we are sending a truck full of goods a week there's probably a truck on its way just left uh, this morning driving across Europe to Ukraine to look after the uh, the needs of Christians. The next slide, uh, I would like to draw your attention to another area where Christians are under great pressure in Myanmar. The army uh, persecutes its own churches, its own people, especially those Christian provinces and Christian communities. People like this, and uh, just. Uh, About 10 days ago or so, another Christian community, a a village, was completely flattened uh, by the army, and people are living like that. Um, It's gone off the news a little bit because of Ukraine, uh, but it's no less severe. And we have uh, uh, contact with churches in Myanmar, uh, and we are able to channel aid and food and the basic necessities for people like that uh, in uh, in Burma and Myanmar. The next slide is another area that you may have heard about, which is Nigeria, uh, and Burkina Faso, uh, Mali, and around uh, the uh, the Congo, uh, where people are persecuted in the severest way that you can imagine. People go to church on a Sunday morning in Nigeria not knowing whether they will come out alive. Islamist groups know that that, uh, people, Christians, come together on Sunday morning in church, and so they come to target those churches uh, and often with people still in it. Uh, And so we have uh, uh, various uh, projects uh, for Nigeria uh, and uh, the surrounding countries uh, in Africa, Northern Africa and East Africa uh, and so on. But Nigeria, uh, in uh, in a communication just recently, uh, one was, it is as if our lives no longer matter. And it makes us really thankful for what we have and the freedom that we have. And we thought about that this morning. The next slide. Uh, it, it's very important for Christian children uh, to get an education. Very often, like here, there's two guys in, uh, in Pakistan. Uh, their parents are Christians. They are in the lowest of the society, street sweepers, or or, uh, because they are Christians, Uh, they are poor. Uh, For these two guys, and one is named Estima, the other one is Akash on the right-hand side, these two guys to go to school is important uh, to get an education. But in a state school in Pakistan, they are being bullied, they are being persecuted. So much so that Akash... uh, uh, he's 12 years old. He should be in year, in year 7, but he's only in year 2 because of that. He has just uh, recently been able to go to a Christian school that Barnabas Fund uh, sponsors. Sponsors uh, the, the school and the children uh, and, and the, uh, the teachers where he can have an education, where they can have an education that is free from hostility and free from indoctrination by Islamists. And so this young guy, this young fellow, he is rapidly catching up uh, uh, on his years simply because he is in a safe environment. And so Barnabas Fund, this is one of the areas that Barnabas Fund uh, slots in for Christians who are being persecuted. The next slide is another class of projects Uh, that this uh, young guy is called uh, Yasrun, and he is an apprentice barber. And the way he achieves that is that Barnabas Fund gives him a weekly allowance, not a lot of money, so he can work for free for this barber and learn the trade. And the next thing is, when he's finished, he has his own trade, he can work For his own money, he can even set up his own little business. Very important clutch of of projects, not only for this guy guy here, uh, but also imagine uh, 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 women uh, and widows uh, trying to get food on the table. And so we have programs for them, uh, like uh, sewing courses and a sewing machine. Uh, and you put those two together, and it means that uh, these women, these ladies, uh, can have food on the table and can be uh, self-sustaining financially. The next slide is uh, uh, another very important area of, uh, of work that Barnabas Fund is doing. Did you know that in India alone hundreds of Christian leaders have succumbed to COVID. And so there is this great void of leadership uh, in third world countries, in in Bangladesh, for instance, in India, and so on. And uh, so leadership, you can see those young guys, they have their, very often there are young Christians who have to step up into a leadership position and so Barnabas Fund is, uh, is equipping guys like that. Uh, and one of the things about COVID is that we can now do that online, which is much more uh, cost-effective uh, and more direct. Uh, the next slide uh, is uh, again in Bangladesh. I just want you to look at this lady. She is a woman, a widow, a day laborer. She doesn't have a plot of land to grow her own food. And last but not least, she is a Christian. So that's five things that this lady has against her. Uh, And so living in a place like Bangladesh, uh, there's famine. And so we've been able to do uh, we, we're involved in quite a number of food programs uh, for people like this. Uh, the next slide gives that a little bit more, Food Gifts, uh, which is a project that we started uh, about a year ago in England. We do this in, uh, in Australia as well, uh, where we ask people to supply four different types of dried food, which we collect, as this uh, this lady does, and then we will send that to places where there is no food. There are an uh, increasing number of countries where they look with suspicion uh, to organizations in the country that, that receive financial support. Uh, And that's, of course, the best way to do that. But we can send food. Uh, There's also a number of countries at the moment uh, because of various reasons where even if you had money, you couldn't buy food. And so we started this project um, even though... It is more costly, but it is a necessary project, and it's necessary to do that. We have a warehouse in Victoria. We have a warehouse in uh, in Perth, uh, where people uh, deliver food boxes like that. Unfortunately, it is not possible to do that in the Northern Territory. However, you can still support that. Uh, and, and I can talk to you after that. Uh, Uh, after the service the next slide should be a video
1: hunger remains one of humanity's greatest challenges the number of people without enough to eat is rising prices have spiked amid the coronavirus pandemic but now we are seeing an increase of the number of hungry
0: worldwide, up to 811 million. Now that's an increase. That's the highest we've seen in decades. But the problem isn't because there isn't enough food to go around. It's the lockdowns and the closures of businesses and schools and the impact of the global recession.
1: In addition to some of the worst flooding in Eastern Africa, a locust plague of biblical precautions.
0: And where COVID
1: has also decreased budgets of foreign assistance. A failure by the international community to address the needs of those affected would cause a hunger pandemic that would dwarf the death toll caused by the virus. This situation seems hopeless. But didn't Jesus feed 5,000 with just the bread and fish of his disciples? At Barnabas, we believe that he has not changed. So we are making ways for his disciples to help the hungry today. Sign up to food.gives, where you collect the food, send it to us, and we will ship it to hungry Christians. We can even use a hand packing boxes if you're available. Or support our EPAP project. What is EPAP, you ask? Well, picture a bowl of porridge full of zinc, iron, vitamin D, and lots more essential nutrients, all ready to eat just add water these are just some of the ways we are helping hungry christians around the world partner with us and share your bread and fish as god feeds the multitudes today
0: okay if i can have the next slide So Barnabas Fund is really a chain of hope in the same way that Barnabas was, uh, Barnabas of the Scriptures, Uh, a chain of hope from Christians like you and I uh, through Christians to Christians who are being targeted and persecuted. The next slide, Uh, and you might have to click three or or four times, uh, and I'll give you... The way, Lord, that, that the way that we can uh, support uh, our brothers and sisters to take them into our hearts, to pray for them, uh, to speak on their behalf. Nobody speaks on behalf of Christians. Do you know that? And to give as uh, as God and share as God leads you. Um, the next slide is. Uh, We have a table with uh, books and magazines and information about food gifts, uh, and we'd love to talk to you uh, about that. I'd like to open the Word of God with you, uh, and if I can have the next slide. And today I want to talk about one of God's welfare programs, which we find in Leviticus 19 and Deuteronomy 24. It's always, and again, the same it played out in the book of Ruth, the story of Ruth. It's always good when we find a principle in two different places in the Bible. It means that we don't just have to do with an incidental or something that is just culture, but as in this case, a principle that God has established for His people to follow whereby they would care for the less fortunate people in their community. So let's read those verses. The next slide will give us one reading. When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or get at the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time and pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the alien. I am the Lord your God. The next slide. When you are harvesting your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to get it. Leave it for the alien and the fatherless and the widow so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the works of your hands. When you beat the olives from your trees, do not go over the branches a second time. Leave what remains for the alien, the fatherless and the widow. When you harvest the grapes of your vineyard, do not go over the vines again. Leave what remains to the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. And we can turn that off. Uh, I have no more slides. Well, Israel was largely an agricultural society. And the principle of gleaning was established for the poor to supply food for them. And the most the well-known example is where we see this played out in practice is the story of Ruth. Ruth, who with her mother-in-law had returned from the land of Moab, uh, having lost everything. And ironically, Naomi and her husband had fled to Moab uh, to escape a famine in Israel. And so Ruth goes out into the fields around Bethlehem where they lived to follow the harvesters and pick up what was left behind. And it would have been a tedious and hot and backbreaking work. Welfare in action. But you had to work for it. It's not a matter like we have today that you could sit back uh, at home and get the check in the mail. It's interesting that In our Western culture, in our Western world, so much of what we see in the area of charity comes from biblical principles, Judeo-Christian principles. The development of charities and hospitals and orphanages largely have their origin in the Christian church. It was the Christians in the early church who would go out and rescue babies who were abandoned because they were not wanted. It was Christians who put themselves in harm's way during epidemics to care for the sick and for the dying. And it still happens. And it is a sad reflection of our society uh, that over the last uh, so many years, volunteer labor has almost disappeared in our Western world doing something for the good of the community without getting paid. I read the other day um, that uh, about 50 years ago, seven out of ten people were in one way or another involved in community work. Today, that is one out of ten. In many parts of Europe, including England and France, the right to glean the fields was reserved for the poor, a right that was enforced by law and continued in, uh, in some parts of Europe uh, into modern times. Uh, in the 18th century England, gleaning was a legal right for the so-called people who had no land. As I said uh, just before, Barnabas Fund started a project last year to respond to the growing food crisis in the world today, especially in places like Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. I think about countries like Sri Lanka, Lebanon, Madagascar, uh, and um, another one, Laos, that came to mind uh, just last week. With this project, we ask people to buy an extra pack of rice or three other types of dried food uh, when they do their shopping, to box it, send it to us, while we collect and send it to Christians uh, who live in those areas where there is food insecurity. Countries where the price of food has skyrocketed. Now We complain about the price of food and petrol, where prices have doubled, Gone out of reach of Christians, our Christian brothers and sisters. Uh, countries where even money cannot buy food. And maybe it's not exactly the same, but it is similar here in Scripture a hands on way to fulfill God's commission which we find in, uh, in in lots of places. But for instance, in the book of James, among other places where it says that if your brother and sister uh, is hungry and lacking the basic necessities in life, you share with them from the good things that God has given you. In the same way that the farmer of old makes the conscious decision not to go over his field and his vineyard a second time, or in other words, not to scrape the bottom of the barrel for himself, but leave this for other people less fortunate than himself. And again, the great story of Ruth. In the great story of Ruth, we find Boaz the owner of the fields he was gleaning, not only followed the Lord's command, but instructed his laborers to be generous, extra generous. So within this charity framework that God had given to the people of Israel, there was ample opportunity to be generous. And Boaz did just that. Boaz was a God-fearing man And he knew that his harvest was God's good gift to him and his family. And so he generously shared that with others. It was an act of grace that reflected the God that he served. God has been generous to us. And we thought about it this morning during communion. That God has been good to us. God has been generous to us in saving us and restoring us to Himself through the redeeming work of Christ on the cross. Furthermore, as it says in Romans 8, and we uh, thought about that for a minute too, He who did not even spare His only Son, His own Son, has given graciously all things. And God asks us to be generous with the material things that He has given to us. What gleaning really means is to take something that is rightfully ours, take something that is rightfully belongs to us, and share that with others who are less well-off than we are. And so we have the Barnabas Fund principle in action from Christians through Christians, to Christians. Uh, Barnabas Fund aims to be a channel of hope and aid between you and me and the persecuted church, our persecuted brothers and sisters. In the same way as Barnabas in the early church was instrumental to take gifts from the church in Antioch to the church in Jerusalem where there was a famine. Believe me, food at the moment, is the major issue uh, in the world for a variety of reasons. And the war in Ukraine is making existing food shortage much worse. Transport costs and energy costs, and we all know about those, have risen enormously. Therefore, the cost and availability of food. And you know, Christians suffer disproportionately Christians are often the last ones in the queue when it comes to welfare and food distribution. In many cases, food shortages uh, and natural disasters are used as a tool to marginalize Christians. In some cultures, Christians are blamed for crop failures and droughts. Christians have been blamed for COVID in some countries. And this is one of the main reasons that we believe that our mandate uh, is, as it says in Galatians 6, verse 10, to do good to all people, but especially to those of the household of believers. I just want to make another few uh, footnotes here in this chapter. In this chapter uh, in and, and in Deuteronomy 24. Uh, we find a number of commands, for want of a better word, commands that seem to be an extension on the Ten Commandments, kind of a grab bag of commandments. Uh, To be holy as God is holy, it says. Respect your parents. Uh, Do not turn to other gods. In other words, no idol worship. How do we interpret that? for the Israelites of that time that meant worshiping the gods of uh, and the idols of the na- nations around them but how do we interpret that what are the gods of our time what are the idols of our time it talks about honest sacrifices it talks about practical ways to to care for the poor Commands how to interact with other people in an honest and just way. Honest business pra- practices. Lots of do's and don'ts. It is if God wants to uh, cross the T's and dot the I's. However, most of all, woven through all these do's and don'ts in these two chapters, this chapter reminds us of the motivation to live Uh, our lives as God's people in a godless and hostile world. The Bible doesn't just give us a book of rules, but it gives us the underlying foundation and motivation. Why should we strive to live holy and righteous lives in the world that is far from holy and righteous? It is because our God is holy and righteous. It says here in verse 2, be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. The words that the apostle Paul, uh, Peter, um, quotes verbatim in 1 Peter 1:16. And so we are to reflect God's character in a world that is completely out of touch with God. People around us don't see God. People around us. Uh, Romans one tells us that their eyes are blinded and, and their minds are darkened. They don't see God, but they do see us. And the question is, do they see God's character in us? And right through this chapter, there is this motivation, the driving force for us to live godly lives. because as it says here, I am the Lord. Your God. Woven through this chapter, it says, I am the Lord your God. Time and again, the people of Israel were reminded about this. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the slavery in Egypt. To remember who God is and what He has done now becomes the motivation for the way that we live. The, why we do things, whether it's gleanings or, or whether it's any other way that we get involved in His kingdom. How important is it for us to remember who God is and what He has done for us? That's why we are here. That's why we meet as God's people. That's why we share communion. Uh, that's why we sing our songs of praise. And then we go out and live godly lives that honor Him and reflect His character. This chapter teaches us how to relate to our Lord, but equally important, how to relate to others. The opening statement in Deuteronomy 6 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. The same words that Jesus used when He was asked uh, the question about the greatest command. In that same passage in Deuteronomy 6, it says, these commandments I give to you today, they are to be in your hearts. Of course, they need to be in our heads too. We need to know God's Word. That's important. But it is only when God's Word is in our hearts that it becomes the motivating force in our lives. And so, when I go back to Leviticus 19 in verse 18, it says, it, it gives us that second great command that Jesus referred to, and that is to love our neighbour as ourselves. And one flows out of the other. And again, there's the connection. And the Apostle Paul said it well. In one, uh, the Apostle John said it well. In one, John 1:19. We love because he first loved us. We are generous like Boaz was, because God has been and is still generous to us. And the other thing that we can learn from this passage is that God wants us to be His co-workers. God wants to work through His people like you and me. Uh, take the example here for the, the farmer. He could say, well, this is my field. I've worked hard for that. Uh, why should I share that with others? Not so long ago that the welfare was in the purview of the church, where in my view it should be. It was the Christian church that set up welfare programs and hospitals and orphanages, and some of those still exist. It it makes the Christian church unique uh, among other religions. However, most of our welfare has been handed to the state And and I believe that the church has lost the vision and the blessing and the joy of being God's co-workers. God has meant us to be stewards of all the material things that He entrusted to us. Applies that to our personal lives, our resources, and our gifts, and our time. And God blesses us in the process. And I just want to uh, finish with reading one of the verses that we started off with that kind of puts it all together. Deuteronomy 24:18 says, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. This is why I command you to do things. When you are harvesting your field and you overlook a sheaf, do not go back to it. Leave it for the alien, the fatherless, and the widow. And here it is. So that the Lord, your God, may bless you in all the works of your hands. Shall we pray? Father, we do thank you for what you have given us. We thank you for your freedom this morning. We thank you that we can open your word freely that we can sing your praises freely, that we can witness freely in this country. And Father, we thank you and we pray, Lord, uh, that we will take your word as we go from here and be your people uh, in a world uh, that so often is hostile uh, and that's been estranged from you, that people will see in our lives that you are alive in us.